This sermon was recorded online during our season of Shelter in Place in Mountain View, California. Our own lives as individuals, whenever that occurred, but our life as a, as a congregation, as Holy Trinity Church. So this is a big deal in the church calendar, because without the Holy Spirit, we would have no church. He is the one who gives us life, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. He's called various things within the New Testament. He is often called the, the shy member of the Trinity. One commentator described him as such. Another described him as the forgotten God. I think Francis Chan wrote a book by that title. So he's often in our perception in the background. But here in the passages that were read, particularly the Acts account, he kind of explodes onto the scene with amazing power and with amazing uh, impact, undeniable force. And today I want us to get a hold of that. I really am asking the Lord to drive that deep into our heart because of the tumultuous times that we are in. You know, I long to have people over to our house for dinner. It's been what, going on almost three months now since that's been something that we just took for granted. I long to see people face to face. I'm glad for the opportunities that we've had to see some of you, even in socially distanced circumstances. Um, we have concerns collectively about just where our economy is going and what the impact of the pandemic's going to be on that, on livelihoods. We already see the effect of it with some of our friends and family members. And if that isn't enough, of course, with the brutal death of George Floyd, we have an outpouring of grief and anger and social unrest that's been around this country. And so there's a lot of tumultuous stuff going on. And so I think this is a word for that time. If it's any encouragement, know that when the Holy Spirit came amongst the disciples, it too was in a tumultuous time. You know, Jesus had been crucified almost 50 days prior, still fresh in the minds of many. He had ascended into heaven and told the disciples to wait for him, and he would send an advocate. And so they're waiting, but they're bewildered. In the earlier chapter of Acts, they're afraid, so they're in the upper room. And if you just read any accounts of Judean history around that time or the biography of Pilate, you know that it was a constant back and forth between uh, the Jews and the Roman occupiers and uh, the impact of that and then various sects within the Jewish uh, faith, whether those are Pharisees or the Sanhedrin, the racket of tax collection that was ongoing. So a lot of social unrest, a lot of upset. And it's in the midst of this that God sends his Holy Spirit to form a people of God, which who are not there just to kind of rest and enjoy that great privilege, but to actually get to work for the kingdom, to actually be on mission which is what the Spirit was doing, amongst other things, is, is commissioning them. And so that's my hope for our time today, that each of us would connect with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that is making us more and more the people of God that we were called to be. And as we get in touch with that, I, I think we'll see that, that when the Holy Spirit came, he was transforming these disciples, the apostles, into something beyond their imagination, they didn't know what was in store for them. They just showed up and did what they were told and waited and prayed, and then the Spirit came. But they were transformed beyond what they could even think or imagine was possible. 
Second thing we're going to look at is that they were transformed beyond their capabilities. You know, whatever was achieved for the gospel was not because they were clever or great rhetoricians. It was because of the Holy Spirit in them, activating and, and expanding whatever they had to offer, whoever they were as people. So beyond their capabilities. And then finally, we're going to look at the fact that when the Holy Spirit comes in our life, he is he's actually enabling us to move beyond our strength. Because the roles that we're called in to glorify Christ in this life, whether that's at work or with our spouse or with our uh, circle of friends or our family members, all of that takes a level at some time of perseverance and of patience. And we can be aware of how much we're losing steam in that, how, much, how often we feel more tired than we'd care to admit. So I think this is a word for all of us, particularly in this time of, of challenge that we're facing as individuals and facing together. So by beyond the imagination, when, when I say the Holy Spirit transforms us beyond our imagination, I'm like, you look, at what, look at what the text is telling us about the disciples. They're there in a dispirited kind of way, just waiting, as the Lord told them. Maybe they had some idea of what God, of what Jesus was going to do. After all, he'd sent them on mission before. He'd sent out 12, and then he sent out 70, and they were to go and proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and to cast out demons. So they had some idea of what it meant to be on mission, but they had no idea the full uh, weight of that and what that would look like when after Christ had ascended into heaven. And now they begin to get the first taste of that and the first equipping. And so they didn't realize that um, just how much the Spirit would be at work in their life. This was something completely new. They'd heard of the Holy Spirit, but he was episodic in the life of Israel, from falling from time to time on the prophets or on King Saul. But he wasn't for each and every believer. The presence of God wasn't in each and every heart. This was something completely new. They're not too far. They're in Jerusalem, so they're close to the temple. That's where God was. But now God has come into our lives, our hearts. Who could have imagined what, what this rushing wind, what these tongues of fire over each and every person really meant? We know at a minimum it meant that they were now being equipped right, for that mission. But they didn't know where it would lead. But they, they did have a sense. And Jesus said, you'll be baptized with the Spirit. They knew that they were being commissioned. And immediately, even after they start proclaiming the gospel, and people who are from the known world are hearing them in their, very, in their own language, even after that's going on, we see a transformed community. Even before you get to the end of Acts 2, that Acts 2, four, verses 42 to 47 which is an anchor text for us as a church and, and for many others, is talking about what that transformation looked like. They're meeting house to house in temple courts. They're breaking bread together. They're praying together. They're listening to the apostles' teaching. They're holding all things in common. They're selling possessions and giving to those who have need. And this is real transformation going on. Would they have predicted that? I don't think so. As Acts unfolds across the chapters, you see the Holy Spirit specifically in each, well, you see him in individuals. I think of Acts 6 where Philip is led by the Spirit to go speak with the Ethiopian eunuch, to go up to his chariot and say, what are you reading? It turns out he's reading Isaiah. And that leads 
Philip to share with the eunuch the gospel and the eunuch to be baptized. And he is in the court of the queen of Ethiopia. Influence, the gospel going forth, being led by the Spirit. Acts 10, we see the Spirit leading Peter and leading Cornelius, a Gentile, a Roman no less, part of the occupation, leading them to connect so that the church would know, so that Peter would know that God had ordained Gentiles to be equal members in the church. Unheard of. God's doing a new thing, and he's doing a new thing by his Holy Spirit. The Spirit is at work. But the same is true in our lives, isn't it? Each of us can think of a time where where God surprised us. And, And we should be thinking about that in these days of uncertainty, because you know what? God isn't done with our lives, with the the plan that he has, with the ways that we can glorify him and bless him. He still has things for us to do and and a purpose in a particular context. And if we don't know that, that's okay. We may be in a waiting period right now, just as the disciples were. Prior to the Holy Spirit coming like a gale force wind and with these flames of fire, they're waiting. They're just doing what they were told. Um, But in the fullness of God's time, He provided the Spirit. When that was concluded, and so they're waiting, and they're waiting right up until Pentecost. And Pentecost is, it's obviously big in in the church calendar for what it signifies, but it wasn't, didn't start with the church. It's actually part of the Jewish festival. It goes back to Exodus. It was the Feast of Weeks, or some called it the Feast of the First Fruits, where, where they would plant crops around the time of Passover. And 50 days later, as those first crops started to bear fruit, those would be taken and brought to the temple as an offering to God, an offering of thanksgiving and recognition that he's still in charge. And Pentecost is one of the three pilgrimage festivals that the Israelites had, which meant that if you're an observant Jew, no matter where you were, you would come in the kingdom of Judea, Judah, you would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival the Feast of Weeks. And so this is why the town is packed. It's like Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl weekend in whatever host city there is. So everybody from all around the known world is there at that time. And it's at that time that the Holy Spirit chooses to baptize the disciples so that they can go spread the gospel to all those. And I'm actually encouraged by that because I think, you know, Holy Trinity has that opportunity as well. You've heard... Let me say at times, we, we're, we're about world mission, but we're in a unique place in a unique time so that we can reach a lot of people by not ever driving to the airport. You know, God may call some of us to do that, but that's not necessary given the amount of folks that come from around the world to be in this place. We just need to be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit to connect us to certain people that he's already ordained for us to have. So you might be in a waiting period, waiting to see what God's doing in your life, and that's okay. Like the disciples, stay faithful in prayer. Wait on him. Um, My own testimony, I was thinking about a good way to kind of illustrate that, and I thought, you know, there's been times in my life over the years of of being, being in a waiting period, not because I chose to wait, but because the things I was praying for had not yet been manifest. I think the first time I was looking for work in tech was back in the early 80s, one of the harder recessions that we had to face. Tons of interviews, no job offers. And so, you know, by God's grace, eventually I got an offer. And then 
you know, rode the tech ride up and rode it down, layoffs, uh, reorganizations, you name it. Each of those had its own uncertainty. Each of those had its own challenges. But God was faithful throughout those times. I had no idea at that time that he would call us to go to seminary or lead me into a vocational ministry in my 40s. When we went to seminary, I didn't have the money to do it. I wasn't sure how it was going to be paid for. I sort of had a plan, but it didn't come to fruition until literally the 11th hour. And when I finished, I didn't have a job or know what I would be doing. But God provided in that time a series of waiting periods followed by the revelation of what God's next step has been for our lives. But we're no different uh, than anybody else. Uh, We're no different than any other disciples. And God is not going to waste our heart or our talent or the, the gifts that he's given us to do. So... I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged for us as a church. You know, to some extent, Holy Trinity is in a bit of a waiting pattern. By God's faithfulness, we've seen people come uh, regularly through our times of meeting at the evening prayer and then at the University AME Church. But once we weren't able to do that, it's been a little quieter in that front. But God's just doing something different. We're still reaching out. We're still being prayerful. We're still being invitational. But in these times of waiting, we turn to the Lord and say, Lord, how should we use this? What is it that you want us to do? And see how he wants us to use that time of waiting. What does he want us to know about himself? What kind of faithfulness is he building in our hearts? What kind of perseverance? So know that that the Lord, when he calls us, when he baptizes us with his spirit, that we have, we're being transformed beyond what we can think or imagine. That's true for us as individuals. It's true for us as a church. We're being transformed beyond our capabilities. You know, the disciples, they were Aramaic speakers because they were Jews from Galilee. I'm sure they knew Greek because that was the lingua franca of of the area. They had to conduct business in Greek and... Uh, just interact with others that were non-Jewish that way. So they had two languages. So how is it that everybody's hearing the gospel being presented in their own specific language? Something that God is doing, something that the Holy Spirit is doing in the midst of that is, is part of his design. And the same is true for us. We, we dare not look at our own capabilities to figure out what God is calling us to do. If he is moving us in a direction, sure, you can in one sense say, okay, hmm, maybe I need to kind of develop this area, but don't rely on your own strength to follow the leading calling of the Lord. Um, I'm encouraged by this psalm that says, who is God besides the Lord? It is God who arms me with strength, who keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer causes me to stand on the heights, trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. These are capabilities that God is giving us. The disciples at Pentecost couldn't do what they did without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what we've been called to do without the Holy Spirit. Though we try, we try to be the spouses that we Uh, committed to be. And too often we try to do that without the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, it doesn't go very well when you try it without the Holy Spirit. 
that he could tell you it doesn't go very well when I try without the Holy Spirit. But when I pray to the Lord, ask his spirit to be in my heart, to give me the things I need to bless her, whether that's wisdom or, um, you know, energy or patience or any of the things that are ways that I'm still being shaped to be more like Christ. These are the things I want to love her as Christ loved the church. I I want you to know that as much as you can. But that requires me to be in the spirit, dependent on him. I would like to, to do it my way. I'd like to say, I, you know, I can do it. That's just an area of pride. I'd like to say that, at, you know, at, in any kind of work. So would some of you. But we dare not do it without the spirit and his power. He will take us beyond our capabilities. And even when we make mistakes, he uses those as teachable moments. Even, uh, and so those aren't, he doesn't waste those. The only time those don't have their effect is if we try to pretend they didn't happen or don't try to build on them. So whether, you know, whatever you're called to do by the Lord will require the consistent outworking and power of his Holy Spirit. And finally, when the Lord calls us and we are his disciples, he's taking us, he's transforming us beyond our own strength. So yeah, we don't have the capability to do the callings that we're called to, and we don't have the strength to persevere in them. Paul says, um, I mean, before I get to what Paul said, I'm just thinking about how often we feel like it's, we're growing weary, we're growing tired. The whole pandemic, COVID, peace, uh, I think there's a weariness, an understandable weariness that goes with not being able to see people. We're social beings, you know, God is three in one. He's a relational God. We are his creatures. We are relational people. We want to be together. We want to be with others. Sometimes we wonder, how can we go another day or another week without any real change going on in this situation? So there's a lot that we're depending on, and we can find our strength being depleted. And if that's you, be encouraged by what Paul says. You got the time in his ministry. He's writing to the Corinthians in his second letter, first chapter, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Just didn't think he was coming out of whatever he was in the middle of. He wasn't denying his Lord and he wasn't blaming God or anything like that. He just realized that there was nothing he could do to get out of what he was in the middle of. And sometimes that's exactly where God wants us to be to be utterly and totally dependent on him so that we would know that he is God. You cannot look at the history of Israel, the Red Sea and the promised land and coming against plagues and taking on a land full of giants and and getting rid of those guys. Sort of episode after episode in the life of Israel and in the life of the church shows that God's power is an absolute requirement and his power to persevere through challenges is essential. I think of what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, I'm sure that's not a new verse for most of you. 
Uh, people put it on, they crochet it, and they put it on checkbooks and all kinds of things in my experience. But the, the power of that is that Paul is relying on the strength that God provides through his spirit in all matters of his life. Here he's talking about financial provision, whether he's poor or whether he has an abundance. In either of those situations, he relies on the strength that he needs to, to either get through it or administer it well. So God is in the, as his followers, he's transforming us to be in the image of his son. He's doing it in such a way that it's beyond our imagination what we will become or how he will use us. Even now, even in my age, it's beyond, I still don't know all the things that he has in store, but I'm looking forward to it. I just want to be faithful. I want to make sure that whatever capabilities I have, I'm able to offer to him, knowing that he will amplify those and take them beyond what I have. And I don't want my meager inventory of ability to slow that down. So beyond our capabilities. And finally, he will enable us to go beyond our strength as we Rest in him as we take time to be with him. Let me give you two areas of practical application just to close our time. First is this. Pick a situation where you know that you need the Lord's persevering strength or you need his capability. Pray for these things from the Holy Spirit who is generous and desires to help us. Say, Lord, help me like the psalmist. Lord, give me strength to persevere. One more day. Help me to get through this day. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And pray as often as you need to pray to the Lord for, for that. Don't let the fear of the future rob you of the peace that's available in the present. We do that so often. The future is even more uncertain than it was two months ago, far more. It's so easy to let that just get in our mind and in our head, work itself in. But let's cling on to the Lord. Pray to him daily, hourly, however, how often as you need it. That's the first application. What's that situation where you need his strength or you need his capability? And second application is this, just to look for ways in this time together, this artificial distancing, this thing that in one sense is inhuman in a classic sense of that term, Look for ways to reach out, to stay connected, to be part of the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ spiritually, but to actually live out in that. You know, in a moment, we're going to take communion together, which is great, which is a spiritual sacramental representation of what we're talking about. But after that, reach out to somebody, send a text. Uh, if you want to, ha- you know, dare get on a Zoom call, go for it. But you know, don't press the point. A lot, of us, a lot of people can be a little zoomed out. Maybe you can take a socially distanced walk together. Now's the time to stay connected. You know, Galatians, Paul, as a good pastor writes, carry each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. And so, yeah, bring whatever situation that you're going through that needs the Lord's strength, needs his capabilities, because you don't have the capabilities or the strength to deal with it. And reach out to those that would be a blessing to you and an encouragement to you. Know that you will be an encouragement to them. God, Jesus, through his spirit, has given us these gifts to bless the body. And so look for opportunities to do that, even before we're back in the church. I don't know when that is. I'll give you guys an update towards the end of our time here during announcements. Let me just close with this. We celebrate today the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
through which we are able to know Christ, live for him, be baptized in him. And he is calling us to a life as individuals and as a life as a church that's far beyond what we can think or imagine. And as far beyond our capabilities and as far beyond our ability to persevere and to stay strong through it. And that's exactly where he wants us to be. And so I rejoice in that. We're in the best and safest place we can be with that dynamic. I'm thankful for the early disciples that modeled that in times of tumult. And I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to do that in this day and this age. Let's pray that the Lord would quicken our minds in the days ahead about what that means. Amen. Thanks for being with us online in the sermon podcast. To find out more about Holy Trinity Silicon Valley, head to www.holytrinitysv.org.